Hey everyone, um, I go by the name of Adrian Daniels. Welcome to the Sound of a Crowd podcast. This is the show where we chat with top Ghanaian founders, entrepreneurs, and creatives with the, with the goal of leaving you behind the meaningful takeaways for you to apply in life, business, and your career. Now, before we get into today's guest and today's show, I would just like to let you guys know that you can head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash sesso. That's the sonofacrowd.com forward slash sesso. That's S-E-S-O for all of today's show notes. Um, if you're watching the YouTube, please hit that like button, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And if you're listening on Apple and Spotify, a five-star review is very, very much appreciated. All right. So that's the housekeeping out of the way. I would like to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is Kweku Essien. He is the uh, Chief Commercial Officer and Co-Founder of Sesso Global. They are a property tech platform um, with the aim of um, bringing real trust and transparency to the industry um, with a real focus on markets such as Ghana, Nigeria, and I think, is it South Africa? Yes, sir. Yeah, so those are like the key markets. So how you been, man? Thanks, thanks for coming to the show, man. All good, all good. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, actually, I, I just, I told you, I just dropped from the United States. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, yesterday. Wow, yesterday was my birthday as well. Was it? Oh, happy yeah, birthday. Happy birthday, you, my God. You. Happy birthday. Uh, yeah. happy, happy birthday to you. It was a, a great week uh, in the States. Mm-hmm. It was the U.S.-Africa Summit. Mm-hmm. Just hosted by President Biden. He had about 50 African heads of states there. That's crazy. There was a lot of energy there for, for the continent. Biden uh, um, has allotted $55 billion to the continent That's as well. That's a disgusting amount of money. It's <laughs> a crazy oh, amount gosh. of money. We hope it, it goes to good use. And yeah. so, yeah, it was an exciting time. Lots of exciting people there. Lots of exciting entrepreneurs there that, yeah. you know, perhaps even good for you to connect with who are all very geared up to, you know, uh, um, assist the continent and you know make some money but also make a big impact as well <laughs> in the continent. absolutely man i think you know i think i caught a little bit of that on was that on cnn or one one of the news stations mm. that the the u.s africa leader summit um so you're actually there i was there that's yes. crazy i was watching that yesterday a little bit i caught a glimpse of that during lunch i was like whoa okay that looks pretty interesting i didn't know what it was about but mm, yeah yeah not, not knowing the following day i'm speaking to someone that was actually there yes sir that's yeah. absolutely insane you just got back from that yeah busy yesterday. busy busy man busy man so yeah um well i hope you um found the event useful and um yeah hope you represented us well man. <laughs> I, I tried i tried <laughs> yeah so yeah guys um so let's let's talk about uh the property tech industries of course Cecil global is a property tech uh platform so let's let's go into it so um tell us about the property tech industry so i mean for especially for listeners that don't know much about yeah um, the industry yeah so great, great question and um you know it's good to talk about the tech landscape in general and understand where prop tech fits within that so you know for the most part fintech in, in with respect to at least uh the continent of africa is the dominant party most people when they think of tech think of you know in pesa it's mobile money Think of a uh, Paystack, uh, um, mm-hmm. Flutterwave, mm-hmm. Chipper Cash, etc. These are all great success stories. Yeah, you know, billion-dollar ideas and companies, you know, that have transformed the continent as a whole. And you know, one thing that I always uh, um, I think about is there's a there's a prop tech fund, property technology fund in the United States called MetaProp, and mm-hmm. the co-founder there mentioned that property tech usually follows fintech. And why is that? It's mostly because, you know, obviously, with respect to property transactions, you need payments, an angle of payments within that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so whether it's paying for your rent, paying for the property, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sit at, at the cusp of that, where property technology, at least in most people's eyes, uh, what most people deal with is usually a classified site, you know, so a, a website where individuals can go on there. Uh, and find property. That's typically what most people think of, you know, when they think of uh, property technology. And that's probably at, at its most base level. It's still very useful, of course. You know, there are websites like Mikasa and others, Nigerian Property Pro mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in, in Nigeria uh, that provide this, this level of service. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, really, the one diff- issue with that, those type of property platforms is, mm-hmm. is that there is no real vetting 
yeah. in terms of who can list on there. <laughs> they just take your money and just put the property on there. <laughs> exactly. It's a very simplified <laughs> business model. You know, I'm not hitting on anything, but it is what it is, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, but then, you know, what has come out of that is that there are also now some great success stories, especially with respect to uh, um, rental uh, um, platforms. So there are companies such as Split, Rent Small Small. These are companies that typically, you know, one of the issues on the continent um, is that you have to pay sometimes one year, two years upfront, mm -hmm. right, in terms of rent. Mm -hmm. So these companies try to solve that issue by uh, allowing you to pay rent uh, incrementally monthly. They'll pay ahead and then you pay incrementally, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that, that's also a solution that's, that's coming to, seeking to transform the market. Um, you know, Airbnb, you know, is, uh, I, I, I don't want to sort of push that aside, although it's not necessarily an African story. Yeah. Um, it is, as you probably can see, especially in Ghana, has become very, very prevalent. As, uh, in fact, Airbnb noted to us at Sesso that Ghana is the number one fastest growing for Airbnb, and uh, Nigeria is even there as a top five as that's well. Crazy, wow. Right? And obviously, yeah. that's, we all know the reasons why year return, et cetera, mm -hmm. but it shows you that that particular platform and its use case has become very useful, mm. especially now that people can do payments yeah. much more easily. That's a very true. That's exactly, very, very true. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then there are other platforms like Estate Intel, which gives you some more information on on sort of valuations and, and property in terms of pricing and et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and where Seso sits within that is uh, we're almost uh, well, I like to call ourselves an ecosystem player. Mm -hmm. And you know I like to point out that although there are many horror stories, and certainly horror stories travel faster than the positive ones, <laughs> right? But you sit in Ghana and you realize that people have been buying and selling property yeah. for decades, yeah. right? And legit legitimately as well, mm -hmm. right? And the issue is just that there are some nefarious characters within it, right, who are able to um, uh, um, utilize the gaps and issues in the system, right? And so we have created a platform where we're really just bringing together the these sort of vetted parties together into one, into one ecosystem. And so, Seso today, uh, as you mentioned, operates in Ghana, Nigeria, and South Africa. And uh, we have boots on the ground in Ghana and Nigeria. South Africa is more of a platform software play, uh, uh, which we'll look to expand across the, the continent. But um, in Ghana and Nigeria, for the consumer, it's easy to see us as, as a broker. You know, just uh, easy just to see us in that light. Uh, one, the real difference, as I mentioned, between us and others mm. is that we vet the, the property developments, the units <coughs> on our platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so today in Ghana alone, we work with um, close to 100 property developers. Whoa. Uh, and we have uh, about 10,000 verified units on the platform. That's right? crazy. Um, and we don't really discriminate in terms of pricing. Mm -hmm. You know, we sell land in a brie for $5,000. Now that's sold out quite well. We sell beachfront land for $150,000 <coughs> bedroom units, mm -hmm. uh, condominium style units, you know, 70 grand to 500 grand, depending on, on the type of unit and the location um, um, and off-plan units. And so uh, um, we've built out a, a very robust platform and you know you can visit it, of course, www.seso.global, uh, find the property you like. And we have our, our agents as well there who will take you through that process. and. Over the last year or so, we've done about 100 plus transactions. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and you know, I've been serving mostly diaspora clients. Mm. I, I'll say we serve anyone, but we found with the diaspora clients especially, you know, there's a real use case for them because of the fact that uh, they're not here. You know, and sometimes it's <laughs> you know, hard to trust uh, um, you know, some of the agents on there or, or even your own family members as well, mm. right? Um, and so we do this in Ghana and Nigeria as well um, but there's an extension of our platform that most people don't see which is includes our customer relationship management platform uh, um, which is you know similar to in a lot of ways to other platforms out there that mm -hmm. that do this but uh, we've created a platform specifically for this particular market this particular yeah. niche and an extension of that crm is our land registry platform which is probably the uh, one of the more interesting platforms and what was utilized in South Africa. So that okay. was the software play there. 
Yeah. Right. And, you know, we can delve a little bit into it as well. Obviously, <laughs> I, I'll let you ask your questions, but it's backed by uh, the blockchain. Uh, we use the Ethereum network and now uh, I've partnered with Cardano, which is the eighth largest blockchain network in the world as well to really sort of fully utilize and, and, and deploy the solution as well uh, um, in Ghana and in Nigeria in, in the coming years. And so all very exciting stuff. And I, I think for, for us as a company, especially for me, why even land, why PropTech in general, you know, there are many places that I could have gone. Um, I just find that land, you know, like water and air is probably like the most essential thing that we don't even think about. You know, just because we walk on it all day, you know, it's just so basic in our minds that we don't really think about it. But, you know, you find that if we had better systems in place, we should and we can have, you know, build out, you know, whole environments uh, you know, that are well managed, you know, and well deployed, right? We all talk about Wakanda to Wakanda. <laughs> you know, we could have, we could potentially have done that very easily if people weren't just put off by the fact that, hey, I, I'll buy 200 acres and then some guy will come from out of nowhere and tell me this land is theirs. This, this land, I, I end up in court for 10 years. Yeah. You know, uh, even our factory, you know, one of our investors used to work for a Japanese, used to work for a Japanese company looking to set up a factory in, in Ghana. And it took him two years to find land. Whoa. Right? And you just think about that. Two years of just going up and down, trying to figure out, buying land and then realizing, oh, no, this, this land is encumbered. Yeah. All these issues. Same story another gentleman told me. A, a, a Ghanaian Ameri American wanted to build out a chicken farm, bought the land, ended up being in court for five years, gave up, and just went, 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 back, went back to the States. Right? So all of oh. these things, you don't really think about it. Yeah. But it's 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 killing the nation, you know, a lot of ways, killing nations yeah. across yeah. the continent. I like to say that, you know, one of my great, uh, like, uh, um, one great purpose of mine is to make uh, a lot of the chiefs billionaires. Mm. You know, all the chiefs across the continent should be billionaires. 80% of the land in Ghana is owned by chiefs and families. Sure. They should be billionaires. So you think they're, they're underselling the value of the land? Yes, I mean, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they are. Some to no fault of theirs, and some are unscrupulous chiefs are, yeah. are making this happen, right? Yeah. And so it's it's all, all all two fronts, you know. Either internally, some chiefs are selling land to multiple people, creating court cases in the future, <laughs> or you know, it's some unscrupulous agent or other individual yeah. coming in and selling land that isn't theirs, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these things are affecting the fact that there isn't a trust and transparency is affecting business. Right. And so now you can't, it's hard to assess the fair value of land, you know, you, because you have to price in a certain level of risk, mm. right? And so uh, all, all of these things are affecting, you know, the continent in a, in a, in a major way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the platform that we've built, you know, the, the, the platforms we've built will, will help alleviate some of these issues. Absolutely. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to ask you. You know, how do you see PropTech solving the, the land you know, issue in Ghana, which is a whole conversation in itself. And yeah. Of course, um, <clears throat> you invite me to one of the events that um, Cecil Global hosted or co-hosted. And of course, yeah. there was a huge uh, segment on, on land. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll leave a link on the show notes in terms of like the details of that event that took place. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, um, we'll leave a link to Cecil, um, the Cecil Global website for, for those of you who want to purchase, um, you know, property or land you know, from vetted sellers or, you know, from a platform which is trusted. And we will get to trust and transparency. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you've given you a lot of uh, food for thought, Kweku, for the listeners, I think. Um, there's so many directions we can go from here in terms of conversation. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's clear that I think prop, prop, prop tech or property tech, um, I think it is definitely needed because of the different problems that we see. I think that you just, you just mentioned, like, land, land issues and, you know, you know, land's not being land being missold or abused, and then you have <clears throat> unvetted sellers, and then you have, you know, people who are abroad, the diaspora, who aren't on the ground but want to purchase from trusted people. I mean, this I think it will solve a lot of problems. And you mentioned the the blockchain powers part of your platform. So tell us what why does you why do you have the likes of Ethereum and Cardano powering uh, part of your platform? Why not just just do it normally? Yeah, you can always do it normally. I mean, there are land registry platforms out there that don't utilize um, 
Ethereum or block or, or any type of blockchain. Yeah. I'll give a good example. A company called Terranet in Canada. Um, in fact, uh, um, that's how uh, I found uh, the, my co-founder and I met. Shout out to Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel yeah. exactly. I have yeah. a Zoom call with him at the beginning of the year. So shout out to you, Daniel, yeah. for watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, uh, the company is a $3 billion company. They digitized the land registry in Ontario, uh, Canada, made it quite efficient and, and easy to purchase property back mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't use blockchain in any, any, any way. But we, in a lot of ways, you have to also think about future-proofing your platform. Mm -hmm. And that's what blockchain does. And so uh, um, blockchain technology has immutable characteristics. That means that any information put in there, uh, very hard to hack that, very hard to change that information over time. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that if I were to put in uh, um, uh, say this particular land we're sitting in, if I were to put in there that Adrian owns this piece of land today into the platform, it cannot be changed in the future. I can always go back to this date today that, hey, Adrian owned this property on this day today, yeah. right? Um, and okay. that is a big, big issue in most land registries across the globe, really. Uh, um, you know, because of the paper system, yeah. Uh, you find that even folks sometimes, some unscrupulous people at the at the registries, you know, might go change information. That's crazy. You know, and so honestly, and this is something that happens globally. I don't want to even. It happens globally. It's a whole conversation. Yeah, I yeah. mean, maybe we could get you back in talk about land and stuff, but I mean, I don't know if that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. No, I yeah. mean, <laughs> uh, it is a whole deep uh, conversation. But simply enough, the blockchain allows you to, uh, um, you know, at least future proof that element, right? Take it off. Mm -hmm. And then as well with Cardano, we're also working on, and we'll put out a white paper soon on this mm -hmm. and with much more detail, but just to mm -hmm. gloss over it a little bit, we will be utilizing tokens as well uh, to incentivize, you know, a level uh, uh, um, and, and regulate the actions of, you know, the parties within the platform, mm -hmm. right? So by this, I mean, you know, the agents, the property developers, lawyers, banks, etc., cetera, uh, um, uh, individuals that own the homes, Will be incentivized to perhaps go do the uh, go to the land registry, check, do sort of do the check on their property, put it on the platform, right, and then be given tokens as a reward for doing this work, right. Mm -hmm. And it's a way in which we would like to incentivize people to to you know uh, uh, um, register their properties mm -hmm. and then sort of do vet them as well, check them, yeah. and then put them on a platform. Yeah. Um, and you find that you know there have been there have been uh, cases where governments have tried to get people to register their property. But at times, people don't want to do it for many different reasons, mostly taxation. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, they yeah. feel as though once I put it on there, I'm just going to get taxed. Yeah. Right? Is that uh, true? Yeah. They get taxed? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, yeah. Once you go register your property, <laughs> oh, it's in the system. I mean, not, I, obviously, we, we sh people should get taxed for it. But I guess yeah, people should get taxed for it. But I think maybe the way people are reacting is that they're getting taxed enough from other areas. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And they feel as though, what's the reward for me for doing this? Yeah. No reward. Yeah. So, uh, but we, we think the tokens can assist with this. Mm -hmm. As well, also, uh, uh, we're working with banks where, we're working with banks where mm -hmm. individuals will be able to uh, um, be able to perhaps attain mortgages yeah. for their properties as well. Yeah. For this, this is something we're actively having conversations with yeah. uh, banks on, uh, um, where basically where there's a blockchain element to it. Now that means that this property has been sort of uh, certified and approved for mortgages, mm -hmm. right? And so that also then incentivizes individuals to to uh, um, to to register their lands or yeah. properties, right? Mm -hmm. Or even having access to capital, you know, perhaps being on a platform makes it much easier for an investor somewhere to easily view your property, understand, okay, this is owned by you. It's been vetted. I know it's it's you. Okay, this is the cost. This is the valuation. And then make an offer to you. you know, it makes it much simpler than, you know, I'm obviously I'm involved in some transactions myself. Uh, one gentleman wants to build a, uh, uh, wants to build a 400,000 so sorry, four hundred acres, not four hundred thousand. <laughs> That's major. It's too much. Four hundred acre estate by the beach, you know, in Prom Prom. Mm -hmm. uh, African American uh, gentleman. But I find the work of you know going to find the land, you know, all of that exercise, it's a bit tedious. Could be much easier if it was just on a platform. I know it's owned by you. Uh, okay, there's there's drone shots of the area. Yeah. And if obviously if I need to, I can always go there. 
yeah. a lot of the hard work has been done in terms of betting who owns what, 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 what is what, yeah. right? And so uh, um, these things, as you can see, this gentleman still wants to do this, right? But imagine how quicker he could have done it if it wasn't Oh, my gosh. Right. So this is so this is the uh, the reason for the blockchain. I mean, powering the platform partially, so so that um, you can solve some of these issues or maybe fast track some transactions. Yeah, exactly, Nothing exactly, cool. exactly. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So now the the listeners can understand why you know there is a need for blockchain because until you until you shared this, I understand why yeah. the blockchain was even involved in yeah. your website. You know, I didn't didn't understand the reason, but now that you shared that, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, cheers. All right, cool. So I mean, I think it, I think um, it makes sense for the listeners to understand a bit more about Cecil Global in terms of like how, how did how did it come about? Um, you mentioned, of course, land, air, sea, or you know, these are like you know the essential um, <clears throat> you know aspects to life. But how, you know, so hence why you chose to get into this industry. But why uh, did you you know um, really start Cecil Global, Daniel? Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, I met Daniel at a workspace in. Tema, yeah, and a workspace in Tema, yeah. Um, and he had gotten a grant to assist the land Ghana Lands Commission, yeah, with uh, digitizing a parcel of land uh -huh. in uh, uh in, in in Accra, yeah. And uh, I randomly met him at a workspace a buddy of mine owned in yeah, Tema Spintex, Spintex mm -hmm. actually. Uh, and I was loudly talking about the company Terranet, uh, and in my former employment employment, uh, my employers had had asked me to do some due diligence research on this particular company. Yeah. They were interested in taking the company to East Africa yeah. to uh, assist with digitizing the land registries there in, in, in those locations. Mm -hmm. We just found that the company was maybe too expensive. They mm -hmm. also didn't really have a real interest in Africa, other mm -hmm. countries that they were interested in. Yeah. And a bit too maybe robust for the continent. But in obviously researching that, I, I began to understand you know the issues with respect to uh um with land mm -hmm. and so there's a great uh economist called a uh, peruvian economist still alive uh, called de soto um and yeah. he points out that there's a trillion dollars of locked capital you know in most of the continent right yeah. and that stems from that stems from sort of the issues and gaps with respect to the land registry Right, you, it's very hard for transactions to occur, mm. you know, with respect to land, when there are issues with the land registries or issues with, you know, uh, transparency or, or data, uh, and so you, his simple solution was that you just need to create a layer of trust, right, and then transactions will hold, and you know, the layer of trust does not necessarily always have to be government. Yeah, you know, so in Canada, it was a private public par partnership between a private company yeah. and, a, and a public company. But you find even in the United States, in the United States right now, it's a paper system. Mm -hmm. It's still very, you know, ad hoc. But they have, the layer of trust that they have is the title insurance company. Everyone buys title insurance. So the title insurance companies have done the, have vetted all the information there, okay. right? Uh, um, and, uh, uh, and so there's no need to go to the, the county, county level or municipal level to go check, do checks. No one does that in the States. Yeah. Yeah, we all do that here in, in Ghana and most of Africa. We go to the Lands Commission you know, and whatnot, right? Uh, but if there was a layer of trust above it, uh, um, you, you would not necessarily need to do this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, thinking about this and understanding this is, is how CESO uh, came, uh, came to bear. Uh, um, you know, Daniel and I had conversations, you know, after we met uh, around about Terranek uh, um, and Basically, you know, decided that uh, when he sort of when he sort of brought the idea to me about hey, would you be interested in, in starting this with me? Yeah. yeah, it would be very interesting. And so uh, um, we decided to sort of uh, uh, to sort of take it on from there. It's been a, quite a journey, I must <laughs> say. You know, I have to say, entrepreneurship is not the fit for the faint-hearted. Yeah, certainly <laughs> not in the continent. But yeah, you know, the idea makes so much sense to me. You know, uh, and it has worked now. You know, in a lot of ways, our solution has been utilized in South Africa. Mm -hmm. It's the first blockchain-based land registry platform utilized in South Africa. Wow. We do sell property in Ghana and Nigeria. So on the brokership side, even that as a business well, uh, uh, is running. Um, and obviously, COVID was not <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> it's not great, not great for anything. But I think we managed to survive that. And now, you know, as I mentioned, I went to the States. 
it was very exciting being there. Was what you find is, and even now with Ghana and everything with the year of return, what you are finding is that there's a there's a bridge gap there now, where there's a large amount of diaspora, and I'm not just talking Ghanaian diaspora, although the Ghanaian diaspora is significant. There's a large diaspora of you know, African Americans, those in the Caribbean, who are seeking to come back to the continent, certainly to Ghana. Mm. And you, and one thing you know, at the end of the day. They'll need to stay somewhere. They'll need to live somewhere. They'll need to be comfortable with purchasing property. Yeah, uh, it's be a key key part of anything they they want to do, whether or yeah. not they want to start a business or not. Yeah, they're still gonna have to live. Yeah, uh, somewhere. And so, uh, um, I find that the solution at this time and place is actually very very crucial to really bridging that gap. And I uh, I think uh, uh, you know when you marry the the diaspora with the opportunity on the continent, I think it's it's unmatched. Uh, um, once it, it gets sorted uh, out properly, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, fantastic. I mean, yeah, fantastic. So I feel like you've you've got into this space at the right time. I well, I, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. um, I think so. You know, with uh, social media and everything else, yeah, it has bridged that gap where it's easier for me to sell the story. You know, I love ways. You know, the presidency year of return. Yeah, they've sold a lot of it for me. They've done a lot of, uh, sort of the marketing really for point. me. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, my my sort of opportunity here is to just be that funnel, you know, uh, um, that people trust, and I sort of I make sure that we take that trust, you know, into high consideration, and make sure that we get the job done for for those that want to to transact in the property market here. Fantastic, honestly, fantastic. Look, I think this is the perfect time because you see now there's a lot of demand for Ghana, countries like Ghana. The diaspora to want to relocate there and then of course with that comes as you said land water air yeah understand they're gonna need land they're gonna need a place to live so now you know there's more I mean, the, the supply you know it is it is uh it's going up yeah you know there's more demand and there's gonna be more supply of you know property so i think this is probably like one of the best times for you to be in this industry um <clears throat> I want I want to move on to um to the next bit, okay? So there was a panel at the Tech in Ghana event. Yeah. Then they they had other um prop tech um players in, in in the continent, which I think you 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 know about. Yeah. Um, I don't think you were there, but I think one of one of your team members was there. Um, do you know a little bit? Could you, could you share a little bit about what happened on on that particular talk? Um, if you if you do know know what if any if you don't if you do know what actually took place. Yeah, yeah. I, so I was there. I you was there. I was there. Okay, there. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. my my colleague Dansua, who's our, our VP of operations, mm -hmm. re represented us at uh, on the panel, and I think represented us very well. You know, talked a little bit about our solution, and especially sort of what I talked about now in terms of where PropTech is and where Seso is within mm -hmm. that market. Yeah. We were joined by you know other folks, Estate Intel, which I mentioned, which was a partner of ours. They they in terms of their platform provide. You know, an overview of you know uh, in terms of data on on the property market yeah. in the continent and then there's uh, it was akakapa as well who's a, a sort of a, a broker a partner of ours who have you know we're a traditional broker and have, have begun to internalize and utilize technology within their their processes mm. as well right um yeah. and um you know it's very interesting to to see as well i think the interest even from the crowd which was what i, I was also watching you know folks mm. who are very in interested in how this affects their lives yeah as you find again you know you don't really think about property until you really really need to think about it you know and the fact that you know it, it really does uh, affect you know your day-to-day -day, uh, uh um at key moments as well right and so for us yeah. uh, uh for us as a, a um for us, it was sort of a great panel for us within the tech summit because I yeah. don't really know. I've never been to one before, and I'm not really sure if uh, um, there was a um, ever a prop tech panel within within the uh, um, within the summit, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, it's it's very interesting to put that placement in there because, as I mentioned, it's 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 not one that most people think about. Most fintech, if you want to think about health tech, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, um, edu tech, you know, a yeah. lot of people sort of think about those, but prop yeah. tech is is almost a new word for most people. And mm -hmm. so, 
Um, in a lot of ways, I was very pleased with with uh, with the summit in general. I think it was very well done, and that particular panel was also very good. And it led to a lot of follow ups for on our end from you know property developers, potentially investors, and partners uh, who are yeah very interested in, in what we do and and how we could potentially work together. So I think it was it went very well. Fantastic, man. Um, that's very good to hear. Thanks for sharing. Because um, I did go to the first day of Tech in Ghana, uh -huh. um, but the second day um, I wasn't able to make it. But yeah, no worries. Know, I have friends that went and they said, and then they, they fed back to me, Adrian, these are prop tech guys. This is what, this is what's going on. Uh, maybe you should uh, do some interviews. Da, 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 da. Uh, excellent. I was like, don't worry, I've got something coming. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really good to hear that this is not only something that's happening in this country that is happening all across the continent, this prop tech movement is happening. 100%, 100%. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're definitely in Nigeria, obviously where I'm from in South Africa, those are the markets that I know mm -hmm. quite well. But across the continent, you will find that there are solutions similar to what I mentioned in terms of you know the rental units uh, and data aspects. And there are also some also looking to use blockchain as well mm -hmm. within within their, their platforms. Uh, um, but I think what we found more than anything is that you know, it's it's very hard with blockchain more than anything. It's good to have different stakeholders mm -hmm. as opposed to just one stakeholder. Mm. And most people just look at the government and say, hey, let's digitize that. Yeah. But that's just one stakeholder within the market. It's important to have lawyers there who vet the platform, banks who potentially vet the platform, uh, developers who will potentially vet, uh, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and they're all part of uh, all stakeholders within the within the system because they're all part of, you know, a property transaction. Mm -hmm. you know, all of them are involved. In the transaction at different levels yeah. right and so, and so it's good to have them all involved mm -hmm. fantastic um and um let's look while, while we're talking about this um let's let's give the audience a quick overview of, of the real estate market in in, in ghana per se because yeah. i mean this is the sound of our podcast you know we kind of focus more on you know uh things relating to ghana um so yeah can you just give us a quick overview i know i've had you know other you know, real estate entrepreneurs and developers, etc., on the show. Um, could you give us a quick overview of what the real estate market is like in Ghana from your perspective? Yeah, so obviously there are positives, there's good and bad within that that uh, um, ecosystem. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you find that, um, let's say, mid-luxury uh, um, has done quite well over the past decade or mm. so, right? And so you, you, I'm sure you, you go around, you see lots of condominium style units. Yeah, uh, those have done quite well over the past decade. You know, as as uh, high earning rental units. You know, typically twelve to twenty percent, depending on where you find them per, per annum in terms of the returns you can get from some of those units mm. when you own them, um, and have grown exponentially over over that period as well in terms of you know uh, the price point of of these property units right yeah um but of course the the issue has has always been more of let's say affordable mm -hmm. you know what, 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 whatever you context that as as, as affordable <laughs> right uh, um uh. and and how that has led to a housing shortage right and so in ghana alone you could say there's a two million maybe five million housing shortage right depending on how you want to look at it right and um that just is really just because of the affordability uh, 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 question you know what can most people afford in Ghana? You know, perhaps fifty percent, forty percent of the of the of the country can't afford anything above, you know, twenty thousand dollars. It's crazy, yeah. Right. Uh, um, and so the question with that sometimes is more of an economic issue. Mm. Need better jobs so that people can afford, you know, more high high price units. Sure. Uh, um, and then as well, there's also a question of you know, the mortgage market, right? So. Uh, in Ghana, in, I like to point out in the United States, uh, the mortgage to GDP ratio before the crash was 70%. Um, and now it's about 50%. You know, in Ghana and in Nigeria as well, it's 1%. Whoa. Right? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's certainly that disparity wow. there, right? And so um, <laughs> the banks don't, don't give out loans, mortgages for, for anyone to buy property. And it's not really their fault. As I mentioned, there's a high risk when it comes to uh, property in 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 Ghana. Uh, obviously, I've also mentioned the economic levels. You know, the levels aren't there enough to provide that, and also data data on the property, but also data on individuals as well is not at a high level. Most banks prefer to give to their own employees or high net worths that have bank accounts there, right? Uh, it's mostly bankers and 
I would say, um, government officials that get mortgages for the mm -hmm. most part. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so this is a, a big issue in itself, a big issue in itself that has to be solved through some economic empowerment. So either whether it's through government or private sector investment into the country. Um, and in my point of view, I, I believe that the diaspora can assist with this either by purchasing units, which increases supply mm -hmm. and also increases rental supply as mm -hmm. well, you know, which is uh, also still good. Uh, um, and then uh, as well, they, they come in in there and then creating jobs themselves, right? Sure. I feel one thing that will happen over a period of time is, you know, one of the things that, one of the ideas that we have as a company is to build out you know, massive estates for retirees, you know, Ghanaian diaspora, but even then African-Americans who want to retire mm. back here, you know, um, you know, a lot of them go to retire in, in uh, Florida, Atlanta, Mexico, Jamaica, the Caribbean. Mm. Um, but why not Ghana? And I think that's that's something that is already happening. One of our, you know, who would be a great interview for you, perhaps if you want. But one of our, our our, our customers who ended up being an investor of the company himself, mm. uh, uh, African American gentleman, lived in Brooklyn, um, and decided with his wife to come live in Ghana. You know, mm. they bought a, a, a very nice penthouse uh, in Weja, uh, <laughs> um, and. Uh, um, and decided that they as well want to create this concept called off the wheel, where they want to essentially assist those abroad with saving enough money, you know, maybe $100,000, $300,000 to buy units here in Ghana, you know, and to, and to live here, you know, without the hassle of a mortgage, without the hassle of, you know, being on the wheel, you know, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, uh, you know, their money can stretch a bit longer here as well. You know, and he likes to mention that, you know, even if he were to lose everything, he still has the house. He can live on rice and beans. <laughs> so, uh, a yeah, funny guy, but he's yeah, essentially that. And so, yeah. obviously, that has can have its potential issues of gentrification or all that. So, it has to be a balanced True. approach, right? True. And so, this is also where you know I appeal to to those uh, um, um, in the um, you know those multilateral institutions who have been tasked with perhaps financing affordable housing to really sort of look at this issue in a much deeper manner mm -hmm. uh, and to potentially even work with us on, you know, uh, on concepts that allow for, you know, both employment and residential. So uh, um, there, there are groups that have built out industrial parks in Kenya, mm -hmm. for example. You know, so you build a massive industrial park, uh, um, you have, you create factories, you allow for factories, companies to set up there. Yeah. What do they need? They need to employ individuals. Mm. Once they employ them, then you have a, a space there also for residential units. Mm -hmm. So you're just selling the units to those employers, right? And it's easier there as well. Yeah. Clever. And so, and, and those things don't happen for one reason alone. It's just hard to find the land. <laughs> it's hard to understand who owns what land, who does what. Yeah. And so like, all of these questions mean most people just, you know, when you're sitting in their office in the States or in, the, in Dubai or wherever, don't want to deal with coming down here uh, and hassling to find land, dealing with litigation, et cetera, right? Yeah. And so you solve some of those issues of just transparency. It reduces a barrier, you know, one but one very big barrier to investment, right? right. And so uh, uh, that's why I feel you need to sort of just digitize the, this element and create that, that layer of trust. Because once people have trust and transparency, it's easy to do things, you know, yeah. as opposed to anything else right absolutely i mean while whilst we're on the, the topic of trust and transparency um i mean i think you've i think you've already touched upon this how you've how cecil global and yourself are looking to solve this this issue but if you have any other further points you'd like to add then please feel free yeah i um, mean why and, and also why there's a need for, for trust and transparency in, in in the property industry sure 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 so i mean for us and even the question might be why, why trust us you know yeah well. so that's yeah. a very good question yeah. right so yeah. uh, um uh, and so for for us as a platform and of course moving forward i, I like for people to scrutinize us criticize criticize us and help us get better as well but we just decided really understood that there were there are people doing the right thing here and so we decided to, as a company to start with we really just focused on property developers who have built out a stock, who've, who've done the vetting of the land themselves as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have done this uh, and are building quality units that have been sold. A lot of these property developers, a lot of them 
not everybody, but a lot, there are a lot of property developers with 10, 20 year records, right? But they're still not trusted by those abroad and others because the brands are known. Uh, uh, um, and uh, it's, it's very hard to maybe understand from afar whether or not these are legitimate uh, uh, brands or not, right? And so we come on site, we get their property registration documents, we get their land, land registration documents, et cetera. Um, and and, and uh, we go on site as well to sort of vet the property, view it as well, right? Before we onboard them onto our platform. And then even added to that as well, we partner with lawyers, surveys, et cetera. You know, we're customers and we always, you know, we always suggest to them that they utilize lawyers, right? Whether they're lawyers or lawyers that we, we bring on board to still vet the land. You know, uh, um, it's, 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 it's very important that, that that is a normalized process where lawyers are utilized. You know, some people don't like to use lawyers, which is, I guess, fair. Uh, but I think, you know, for such a large pur purchase, you know, a lot of the time, properties are the largest purchase most people will ever make. Sure. Make, you know, just for peace of mind, to have a lawyer go vet that land at the Lands Commission or and also the other different silos to check, uh, um, you know, the courts, to check if the, the land is in, in court or not. All of these things... <laughs> Are very important. Intelligence, yeah, it's very it's very necessary, yeah. right, to do outside of even the tech aspect of what we are talking about here, right? And all that information, you know, once we have it, we also put it on our platform, put it on the blockchain. So as people are transacting, actually, where where that that data, we're also still keeping onto our platform and creating a database from there. You know, Perfect. right? That will be trustworthy. That will sort of be a trustworthy platform. We call it we call that concept day forwarding. So from this day forward. Yeah. Right, and so once a transaction, let's say I buy this land from you, I buy this particular land from you, Adrian. Right, the uh, um, the due diligence and also the transaction history and then the registration of that property, that documentation, a copy of that sits on our platform. Right, uh, and so and, and again, we're building out that that level of trust through through these me mechanisms. Right, mm -hmm. um, and then we've now built up a sizable size in terms of property developments. Uh, and are now focusing on on chiefs, you know. <laughs> yeah. You love the chiefs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I have to say they're I, the gatekeepers. They're the gatekeepers, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. They own. They own the land. True, you know, true, they, true. they own the land, true. and I hundred percent believe they should all be billionaires. You know, they should all be. You know, I, I, I'll give a great example. You know, I don't know if you've been to Lagos before yourself. I, have, yeah. I, have, yeah. uh, I don't know if you've been to a place called Landmark Beach Resorts. I, I don't think I have. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, please. When when you're next, when you're when you when you go there next, please visit there. Yeah, you know it's something that Accra should have. I know Accra. We're working on a marine drive project, mm. but the chief uh, of Oneru, uh there gave out the land, you know, joint venture to uh, a group called Landmark, mm. right? Who built built out a fantastic, really beach, you know, marine drive, like a yeah, a sort of resort right yeah. out there, live, work, play, you know, where this convention center. There's hotel, there's there's apartments, the beach is set up with restaurants and et cetera, you know, mm -hmm. lots of different activities you can have on the beach as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and this guy's a billionaire now. Whoa. Right? The chief. The chief is a billionaire, of course. But that's why you said because there's <laughs> actually chiefs that are actually billionaires. That's why you said all chiefs should be billionaires. Yes. If he can do it, then others can do it. Exactly. He all he just did, by doing a joint venture. Joint venture. Oh. He's he's going to make money for life. He's built the most massive castle for himself. Yeah. Right? And I, I want all the chiefs here to have that. All of them should have that, right? And it, it, sometimes there's a level of patience involved in it. But I, 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 but as well, like he managed to do this. I'm sure it was a, there's a low, long level of due diligence there. Negotiations as well. Negotiations, yeah. That got to that level. But it's there now, right? And yeah. so it's a great example of what can be done. It should be done here as well, all over. Like I, I talk about coastal land. Mm -hmm. In, in West Africa, it's it's underutilized. There's no, like, really, when you compare it to Southern Africa and Eastern Africa, North Africa, you know, we don't have much. You know, it's, we haven't really been a tourist country until very recently. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, all of, all, most all of West Africa. I think it's mosquitoes more than anything. That was the main reason <laughs> uh, that that hasn't happened. You know, we didn't get a lot of European visitors. You know, we are now getting more diaspora visitors mm -hmm. into into West Africa. Uh, um, but there's a wonderful opportunity to build out the coast. Just build it all out for resorts, residential units. You know, build a, a little, like a little Florida, a little Miami, little Caribbean you know, <laughs> uh, resort, uh, Barbados, Bahamas type of uh, uh, environment right across the coast, right? Yeah. And so that's a, a whole industry in itself, right? Yeah. 
um and so and so yeah and so uh, these are some of the things that come out of trust right mm. you know once someone can trust you trust a platform it's easier to do anything on it it's easier to transact right and so um and so that that's really uh, uh, just to go a long long-winded answer you know what trust can bring you know is is that right industries across the board whether it's tourism whether it's uh, at a level of uh, 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 factories uh, etc um that level of trust can can then build out different industries uh, across the board it's fascinating you said that because um one of my guests on my a conversation with series eric annan um he's the founder of aya 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 gigs um he was also at tech of tech and ghana event as well oh, yeah. um he told me um trust is basically like the biggest currency um on the continent because it's very hard to find people that you can trust yeah and i couldn't agree with him you know more honestly look um quick i've really enjoyed this conversation um any rapid fire tips you could give for listeners who want to go out and purchase a land and, pro and property or maybe sell some land and property rapid fire tips yeah easiest one just visit www.seso.global you know find us uh um and any questions you have we're, we're happy to answer it obviously we'll be put uh, join our, our our newsletter we put in our information on different types of property we have their webinars and events that we'll be having throughout the year in ghana we also have events in the united states canada uh, in the UK, and we'll be doing a lot more of that over the, the next year. Now that obviously COVID is, is kind of gone, <laughs> uh, um, and uh, um, yeah, I, I think um, like everything else, it'll be built. It'll be built incrementally, and then all of a sudden, it'll sort of you know shoot right up, right? Compound, compound interest. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I think uh, you're right. We're at the right time. Where we're certainly at the early stages of, of this. Mm -hmm. but there's a whole renaissance, you know, across the continent, you know, that I see. You know, I lived in Canada for a long time, and I was very happy to come back here to to Ghana. You know, for many different reasons. Obviously, you know, as a child, you leave, you yeah. want to get out of here. You know, for many different reasons. But I was lucky enough to visit Rwanda, which is a country that you know I knew very little of. You know, before I visited, uh, um, you know, obviously I knew the movie. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, the movie wasn't a great representation of what the country is today. It usually isn't. Sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different depiction, isn't it? Complete, complete, complete. And uh, you know, I told people to go watch Wadimaya's video on Rwanda mm. for those that want to just get a, a quick glimpse of it. But you know, it astounded me what a country could do in what, 20, 25 years. You know, from nothing, they were literally the ranked lowest country in the world, right? And you think about what they're doing now: cleanest road, safest place massive stadiums massive like world-class conference centers world-class hotels you know you think about what what they've done there you know, how, why, why can we not do that in ghana it can be done very easily very easily if they can do it there yeah i, I believe it can be done much easier i won't say easily <laughs> I mean, easy was the wrong word but much yeah. easier yeah than uh, uh uh than them for sure and so yeah. so that, that, that spurred me to come here and I, I think for a lot of people it's the same mindset you know, it's, it's, it's a time to come back here, uh, I think, and, and uh, put, put your, stop your foot forward and, and get something done for the country for it. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think I'll encourage listeners to go and study Rwanda in terms of how they've been able to achieve, you know, all of this, you know, compared to other countries which haven't, you yeah. know. And, of course, there's various reasons why, you know, countries like Ghana haven't achieved what Rwanda has achieved. And, yeah. And we should. We, we, we should, but I think... Um, for political controversial reasons, I'm not going to go into probably why we have why we're not there. But yeah. um, we thank you so much for sharing, you know, a lot of insights and gems and telling us about Cecil Globe and what's happening in the prop tech industry and the real estate industry as a whole in Ghana. Um, of course, you've already told the listeners where where the where the website is. Um, where else can listeners, you know, um, find Cecil Globe on socials? If you yeah. are on socials, yeah, we're, we're on all yourself that. as well. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure, sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Kweku SCN on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you can find us as well on, you know, Cecil on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube as well for all, 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 sort of all your content needs. Uh, yeah. And we're also on Twitter as well. Um, and, and yeah, so please uh, just Google Cecil Global. You find us easily enough. Um, and uh, yeah, we're ready to assist, you know, those looking to buy property, those looking to invest in property as well. Um, and uh, really bridge that gap, which I think is a, it's a big, big gap in, uh, out there. 
right? In terms of uh, in terms of matching the opportunity to the capital and to the brain power. And I think that's 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 what we want to do here at Tesla. Fantastic. And twenty twenty three, really quickly, any any plans apart from what you shared? Yeah, um, I think we we want to sort of uh, become a bigger presence in the countries that we're in for sort of just consolidate that, make sure that you know. We're not resting on our laurels and ensuring that we're build, bridging out those partnerships. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to push out some uh, uh, mortgages, mortgage products, for especially those in the diaspora, but also working with some developers on as a large scale estates. You know, whether they be tourism or more, let's say more affordable type uh, units, mm-hmm. and maybe potentially moving to another country, uh, maybe Kenya uh, or somewhere else uh, um, in the in the new year. Rwanda. So, Definitely Rwanda. You're right. yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, yeah, I, uh, Rwanda, and I'll give just this one last story before I leave, um, which t- uh, just takes it back to what I talked about in terms of living. Uh, the president uh, uh, um, of Rwanda, you know, wanted to get more people, you know, investors, high-profile people into the country, uh, but didn't have a great hotel, you know, at the time, and so he realized that if you don't have a great hotel, you know, if you don't have a high-class hotel, you're not going to ha- get high-class people to come into your country. And he went around, you know, asking for funds, you know, from from all these international institutions, you know, asking them to 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 build a hotel. And they all thought it was a frivolous thing, you know, something that was unnecessary to do, right? Especially a high end hotel, right? Um, and he decided to do it himself. The country did it themselves. They wow. built it, and they sold it for a profit. It's now the Serena Hotel wow. in uh, in uh, in Rwanda. And yeah, really, really, at, at, at a certain point, that was really the only five-star hotel in the country for a long period of time now they have you know multiple five-star hotels they're a tourism hub as you as we all know as well now right <laughs> and so it, it comes from also just that aspect of build a certain level of structure build some like you know, some living structures that you know a certain caliber of people want to stay in you get them into your country all of a sudden they end up wanting to stay they like the food they like the people then they want to invest and they have yeah. business ideas Etc. That's really what's happened in Rwanda in a lot of ways, especially with the tourism side of things. Mm. But even other aspects of business, you build that level of comfort, people will come. Absolutely. I mean, what a great um, testimony. When, when you can't get something done from other people, just take the situation to your own hands and um, you'll be surprised what, what you're able to achieve. What a fantastic, fantastic story. Um, Rwanda, I mean, this is not the first time Rwanda's come up in my podcast. So, sure, I mean, yeah. this is more of a opportunity for you guys to go out and check out Rwanda or research it or maybe visit. I'm, I'm not necessarily promoting it, but I am promoting it at the same time. Um, like my guest Samuel Brooksworth from Remotely, he came on praising Rwanda, yeah. you know, and wants, wants come to Ghana first. Yeah, come yeah, to Ghana yeah. first. This is Samuel Crowd podcast, but I, I, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, yeah. this is Africa. So, yeah. you know, Rwanda seems to be, you know, some something on my list for sure. Yeah. So yeah, there you have it, guys. We'll have all of the show notes, the links, references, um, that, um, and maybe myself have mentioned in the show notes so you can head over to www.thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash seso that's s-e-s-o um once again youtube hit the like button subscribe leave a comment let us know what you think um hit the like button so we can get more of this content out to people that need to hear it apple spotify please leave us a five-star review that's very very much appreciated and um i will catch you in the next episode thank you so much for watching guys hope you enjoy this one